I may get up there, speak, then I sit down and I drink plenty of water. I'm going to calm my nerve down. And then they can only get better, but it doesn't get better. I just drink more water, you know, I bring, that's why here I have, I got plenty of water. <laughs> Until I have ownership of the stress, there's nothing I can do. Love your stress, love your problem. You have ownership, you can solve the problem. Didn't have the confidence, you know, because it never built the confidence as a little, never. So miss out again. And then got married in the area. That's okay. We'll be all go away. It was only until I saw my kids experiencing the same pain that they did not dare to put up their hand. And that's when I said, I need to do something. I miss out a lot in class because I didn't have the confidence to put up my hand. I only put up my hand here. And then when you put up your hand here, nobody could see you. And there's no one to say, come on, kids, put your hand high up, you know. And I never participate. And I always miss out. So when I develop my own confidence, I see the change in my own children. And when I see the change in my own children, they, they dare to express themselves. And I thought, gee, it's only just that with one person making a difference to one kid. So imagine if I can do this for other children what what could it be like and that's how we got started the initial thoughts can be scary the initial thoughts can be scary but when you're speaking of a subject matter that is passionate there's no more there's no room for fear it's only passion when you don't have that you spend all that energy being so stuck and being fearful and 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 always anticipating oh what they're gonna ask me what they're gonna and then they're unnecessarily building their own stress the people that are stressed they're they're more concerned about their fear they're more concerned about their fear so they'll be anticipating how i'm so scared i'm so worried what am i going to say they're always watching how it's going to appear for them where else when somebody that is coming from a passion they only want to share all their breakthrough they want to share what the difference they can make they want to say how i can help you tom how i can help the other person they're no longer about themselves and when they're no longer about themselves, they, they, there is no more fear or stress anymore. Everything is all put aside. There's like, how could I help you to get this program out? How could I turn this whole conversation to serve you? So that's, that all in itself is very interconnected. The adults were just compounded. They don't deal with it as kids. They only compound and make it harder for themselves everyone gets to do a role and that's how you build your uh, confidence comes from taking action depending on the person the way how you help them under the stress is different emotional stress sometimes can can really disabilitate me from doing the things i want to do and when they put on a mask over time is the body that will take the punishment of not learning the skill. We'll teach them at very foundation level how to build up that resilience and have the confidence to express themselves. By having a voice, you already have an outlet. You're no longer in your head. 
you come from your heart so you have an outlet of expressing who likes storytelling so they all love storytelling versus we're going to get up there and do a speech we're going to get a do a speech oh my god but if it's a story they can to build resilience first of all they need to have the confidence to express themselves they should be able to go to their parents and say mom i'm frightened dad i'm scared they will only build up blocks not resilient there's a big difference blocks is just a shut out i deny i have this problem resilient is saying that i can do that it's okay to express themselves no one is judged everyone is supported and encouraged so that is the level we we create a safe space for them but whether they have it at home is a slightly different environment mm. first of all the kids have to feel safe then they're going to be encouraged and when they're encouraged then they will keep it all out to slowly build their courage then when they have the courage and not judge it will reinforce their their faith to say I can give this speaking up a goal and that's their first step providing that safe space in a controlled environment so the youth can train their muscles let's say to build up that confidence so yeah. by the time they get back home they already have this uh, certainty and encouragement so they're more likely to actually uh, bring it back home as well through the eight weeks by the time you come to the fourth and the fifth week that's when the quiet ones start to come true. Uh, it takes time for uh, different people to catch up uh, to the program in different paces, different spe speeds. You mentioned four or five weeks till the shy ones start opening up. Public speaking, how to develop my own confidence. When people are stressed, they're basically stuck in their head. They're worrying about themselves. And as soon as you get them to shift the focus and attention to people around them ask for support or just being among the other people or seeing that other people are also as scared as they are, they kind of see the different perspective. And then they forget they have to do. And before you know, I identify all the things they're great at. They say, oh, I didn't think of that. And so that helps to ease that tension. So we then give them feedback. Then they say, oh, oh is that what stories, is that what the speech is all about? So then they know how to think about the next time they do a second speech. Um, make these associations between what, what does it mean to have a speech? What does it mean to have a story? And just starting with this really small thing. Because I've done so much work by saying to love your stress is being, I take responsibility for the stress that I have on myself. I then have the power to change it. I then have the power to say, how do I want to accumulate more? Do I want to have more added on? Or how could I do things differently? Because when you can love your stress, you can take ownership. So I think anybody that has stress should come and see you because you can help them to overcome that, Tom. So thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate it. Hi, everyone. My name is Tom. This is Love Your Stress podcast. And today we have a guest, uh, Eileen, and she's really passionate about building confidence and resilience in youth. And I let her to introduce herself. So Eileen, tell me, what do you want to be known for? 
Well, thanks. Thanks, Tom, for inviting me. What I want to be known for is that there's many facets of me. There's me as a mom. There's me as a wife. There's me as a trainer. There's me as a coach. There's me as a business owner. There's me as an entrepreneur. So there's many, many parts of me. And I think with the area that you are in stress, each area has a different level of stress. Mm. Yeah. So that's a little bit about I am everything. But I think of late, what I really want to focus is about helping youth to build their resilience and the confidence for the youth to have a voice, for them to be seen and heard, and for them to build up their confidence so that they can be a stand, not only for themselves, but for other people. And I think for you, there's an area if they don't have the confidence, they will, they will build up stress. And when they have stress, they shut down. And I think there's probably an area that I probably would like to spend a bit of time in talking about this area, helping you and how I as a you uh, went through without confidence. So I think that would be an area we can explain on. Yeah, sounds great. And when you were talking about those many facets, it's kind of reminded me of Leonardo da Vinci, also known for many, many things and overall just uh, being known as a really great man. And I think that's uh, kind of your answer to this question. You want to be known for all of those things and most of all, probably helping the youth from different angles, from different aspects, like helping youth as a mom, helping youth as a businesswoman, helping youth as a coach. So is that right? Yes, absolutely. Because... There's so many facets of us that make, make us as a person. And we see it from different angles, different lens. And we have different level of empathy and expectations. So if I'm as a mom, I have a different expectation on my own youth. But if I'm a teacher, I have a different expectation. So when we have expectation, we put pressure on ourselves as well on the people around us. So mm. all this great stress and and you want to talk and i'm willing to be learning things off you talk <laughs> yeah that sounds great and uh, before we dive into the stress and youth uh, mm -hmm. i always like to start the podcast with getting on the same page and uh, i would love for you to define what is stress for you in your own words how you would what define is stress what is stress for me stress I, I think there's many, many levels. I think there's a stress that generally we feel is the physical stress. And there is the stress, emotional stress, and a spiritual stress. And I think maybe I'll talk about the emotional stress first, because emotional stress is an area where, where I would feel very anxious. Mm. When I feel that even the thought of wanting to do something, I, there's a level of fear. There's a level of constant, there's a level of people wanting to judge me, and I do not know how to speak and articulate clearly. That emotional stress sometimes can, can really disabilitate me from doing the things I want to do. And I think that is something I probably can resonate a lot with a lot of young people. That's an emotional stress. Another type of stress is the stress where you feel it so much on your body. And even, even sometimes you just feel like you're closing in. And, and, 
and even trying to stand up and speak, you, you feel that you have to push yourself. So that's another level of physical stress. And I think, and I think the other type where it's a little bit um, spiritual is, I think that I had experienced that, that's when I felt very burnout. out. That spiritual stress is when I'm so burnout. out, there's nothing, there's no more reserve. There's no more reserve. And it takes so much to, to build up. And so there is many level of stress factors. Mm. And, and again, depending on the person, where they're at is how we can help them. Yeah. I really love your answer here that uh, stress is in many levels. And this uh, kind of really segues into the next question. As you said, depending on the person, the way how you help them under the stress is different. And the question is, do you see the stress for youth and stress for adults as being something different? Well, I think if the, if the youth level do not understand how to manage their anxiety at the first level, then all they will do is that they will put a front, they put a front, they do not teach the skill, they do not teach the skill of how to navigate or how to talk, prep themselves, uh, give themselves the resilience, give them the skill, their own tool to how to transform their own stress and anxiety. Then as you grow older, as you become, whether you become um, a worker, you become a parent, you become a boss, and all you do is that you're compounding something that you have not learned, a skill that you have not learned, then it will just become worse because they will just put on a mask. And when they put on a mask, over time, it's the body that will take the punishment of not learning the skill. So it is important. That's why I, with this program that I'm going out, is to teach the primary school level, teach them at very foundation level, how to build up that resilience and have the confidence to express themselves. Hope that helps answer the questions about whether there's a difference between younger people or older people. Mm. There's absolutely, the adults were just compounded. They don't deal with it as kids. They only compound and make it harder for themselves. Mm. So yeah. what would be the advice for the youth to do? How to, what's, the, what's the first step you teach to build that resilience? Well, to build resilience, first of all, they need to have the confidence to express themselves. Mm -hmm. They should be able to go to their parents and say, Mom, I'm frightened. Dad, I'm scared. There's somebody is um, teasing me. There's somebody that is, that is upsetting me, that is frightening me. They need to have that voice to be able to go home in a safe space to talk to their parents or to talk to their carer, talk to their teacher. If they don't have that voice, that confidence to do that, they will just pretend, they will shut it down. They will push it out. Mm. They will disconnect with that. 
and so so they will never be able they will they will only build up blocks not resilient there's a big difference blocks is just a shut out i deny i have this problem resilient is saying that i can do that it's okay to be scared it's okay to be think i will just get stronger and stronger and, and this you need the encouragement of adult to teach the kids if these are not if the kids are not taught at this level it's very hard for them to know that it's okay to express themselves i also believe that uh, expressing is a big part of it and also it takes a bit of courage to actually express yourself because there usually there comes all kinds of expectations fears doubts and what is your approach how you do you encourage uh, the youth to be able to have that faith in themselves first of all and confidence and also having faith that their parents have their best interest in mind as well good question tom how do the kids have faith and also the courage to to speak up here well if they don't come from an if if they don't come from an environment of of learning even to express themselves because not all kids have the fluency of language and and if they don't have an environment where they could express themselves or encourage to speak they would just mumble up 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 yep up. and then you ask them anything up, yep yep they will not learn to express so the program that we teach at school is learning them to express themselves and so we teach them to stand up and starting with a few words and we encourage everybody no one is judged everyone is supported and encouraged so that is the level we we create a safe space for them but whether they have it at home is a slightly different environment the parents are different but we can only create these for the kids that we come in the contact and how we can expand this program further with many many schools and then we teach the trainers and the trainers can see this appropriately they can expand it and train it in other of their environment so that's how so that for them to feel safe first of all the kids have to feel safe then they're going to be encouraged and when they're encouraged then they will keep it all out to slowly build their courage then when they have the courage and not judge, it will reinforce their, their faith to say, I can give this speaking up a goal. And that's their first step. Yeah. Yeah, I really loved your answer, how you said that uh, what you're doing is providing that safe space in a controlled environment so the youth can train their muscles, let's say, to build up that confidence. So yeah. by the time they get back home, they already have this uh, certainty and encouragement so they're more likely to actually uh, bring it back home as well so oh yes absolutely yeah very much so yeah mm -hmm. and we do this we do this in the eight weeks program where the eight weeks program 
it is a program where all the kids get the chance to speak. Do you know, you know, you I'm sure you've been in school where where the confident kids, where the the brighter kid, they are the one that constantly will put up their hand to participate in activities. And the quiet and the shy one will be the one that just try and get disappeared. And even if they dare to do it, they put their hand where nobody can see. But with our program is that they may say, I want to do this role. Good. Have you done this role yet? No. Have you, have you done a speech? No. Okay, you do your speech first, then you're going to do this. And so through the eight weeks, by the time you come to the fourth and the fifth week, that's when the quiet ones start to come through. Mm. And that's why we have that number, of, we have that duration of uh, a week. So the quiet one gets the chance to break through. And the brighter one gets to develop their leadership, skill, leadership skills more. So that's why that program is about in fact, on the other side, is actually helping them to cope with stress, Tom. Mm. Yeah, helping them to cope with stress. Yeah, which is a great segment of this conversation, Tom. This is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I really love how you mentioned that uh, it takes time for uh, different people to catch up uh, to the program in different sp paces, different sp speeds. You mentioned four or five weeks till the shy ones start opening up. I'm curious, how long is your program? So um, in general, so get kind of like, get people lowering their expectations on themselves. So oh, I had this one training today and I should be confident now, you know? So so they kind of, okay, I may be different. I might need a bit of time to actually uh, sort myself out. Well, didn't they say that if you want to build habit, you need at least a minimum of 21 days or 30 days mm. to build a habit. And so this program we have is eight weeks. So it's a two-month program. Mm -hmm. And it's a two-month program where the kids gets to do different roles. They gets to learn how to give feedback. Everyone gets to learn how to give feedback. Mm -hmm. They get to they get to stand up and speak a little bit, introduce themselves. My name is Brooke. If they're very shy, they will get up and say, my name is Brooke. They're so fast. They will sit down. And then they get to stand up there to do a report. So they get up there to conduct a meeting or give a speech. So every role expose them to their vulnerability. Mm -hmm. and, and also at the same time, encourage them and inspire them because they're so keen to hear their friend's story and then inspire them to say, I want to share my story. So then they want to go out there and tell a story and do a speech and then they get the feedback. They say, oh, it's not that scary after all. And so that really inspire them. Because we have to ignite the, the inspiration within them for them to motivate themselves and that is fundamental because sometimes we talk about wanting to motivate kids yeah we can motivate people for short work but we really want is inspiring light up their own fire within them that they have the potential to make a difference for themselves and that's that's what we are doing yeah 
Sounds great. Um, I was curious, you said the, the children go through and the youth go through the different roles. What do you mean by roles? What kind of roles they're going through? Oh, we have roles, whether you're an MC or whether you are a, a time management, you manage the time, you keep record on the time. So everyone gets to speak. Say that if your time allocated is two minutes, come two minutes, you, you get the signal rate timed out. So they learn how to manage time. And mm -hmm. then they will also get up to they ask the questions. Say there could be somebody that think of some questions and you ask somebody a question. And then the person goes up there and respond to a question they call random question called table topic. You do not know what it is. You get up there and speak and they say, oh, I don't know how to answer. And, and you get encourage them to think on their feet. Or, or the roles like an evaluator of feedback. So they have to give feedback to their peers or they have to do is or somebody else have to do a speech. So they, or do a story. So there are so many different roles or even calling mm -hmm. a meeting to order. Those are the, there's about 10 different roles and everyone gets to do a role every week. That's, and so there's no say, no, I don't want to do it. No, no, everyone gets to do a role. And that's how you build your uh, confidence comes from taking action. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I want to step a bit, uh, back a bit from the program. And I'm curious, uh, what motivated and inspired you to start uh, your journey on helping youth? Was there anything oh. specific in your life that happened? Well, I as a kid, I as a kid was a very shy person that lacked confidence. And, and I never put up, I, I miss out a lot in class because I didn't have the confidence Ooh. to put up my, I only put up my hand here. And then when you put up your hand here, nobody could see you. And there's no one to say, come on, kids, put your hand high up, you know. And I never participate and I always miss out. You know, you know, and when you, I came from a family of 13 kids, you don't have the time to go home and tell your mom, you know, you miss out on this, you miss out on that. You suck it up yourself. And, and so, so as, and so as I grew up, never built that confidence. And as an adult, went to work, want to participate in higher role didn't have the confidence you know because he never built the confidence as a little never so missed out again and then got married Think, oh yeah that's okay we'll be all go away it was only until i saw my kids experiencing the same pain that they did not dare to put up their hand and that's when i said i need to do something so when i developed my own confidence I see the change in my own children. And when I see the change in my own children, they, they dare to express themselves. And I thought, gee, it's only just that with one person making a difference to one kid. So imagine if I can do this for other children, what, what could it be like? And that's how we got started doing this program. And so together with my husband and my son, We've been out there doing this uh, program. Well, 
I mean, we've been doing that for 40 years, so the rest is all just history now. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's more turning my pain into my passion now. Mm. Yeah, that's how we got started. I love how you said that uh, your change started from yourself and being basically a role model. Is that correct for your children? Yes. Yes, because I didn't want to see, I saw the pain in my children's faces. When, like I say, nobody saw my pain. Like, mom is too busy with 13 kids. I've got no time. So when I saw the pain, it's like, they are my reflection. Do I want to perpetuate this, you know, for the next generation? And that's when I said, nah, got to stop. It's going to stop with me. So I went to learn public speaking, how to develop my own confidence. And so with that, I took that program that I learned into the school to help, to create it for the kids. Hmm. So you started the, your, um, your own journey with public speaking? Was that? Oh, yes. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I probably has been there for the last, oh, 18 years, last hmm. 18 years with public speaking. And that's where I learned to speak and learn to run meeting, learn to be vulnerable, learn to be, oh, even with my heart pounding away, still nobody need to know. I can tell them afterward, nobody need to know that I'm scared too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah, curious, so because for most people, public speaking is a quite stressful thing. How do you manage the stress uh, actually going up to the stage and speaking, speaking oh. to the people? i tell you my first, my first experience here, Tom. The first time I went into this public speaking hall, I went there, everybody was a stranger. And then, you know, it's like any new club, they're very welcoming. They want to give everybody a chance. So I went there, I put my head down. Don't look at me, you know, don't look, you don't make eye contact, don't look at me. And then I heard my own voice say, didn't you come here to build confidence? The moment I look up the person said, Eileen, can you get up there and speak? It was on a topic I didn't know what to speak, but I, I don't know what I say, but I went up. And then I came back and I sit down. So, so then from there on, every time before I speak, I make sure I have water. Mm. I always have a water be next to me. So I may get up there, speak, then I sit down and I drink plenty of water. I'm gonna calm my nerve down. And that's, that's how I calm my nerve. And then they can only get better, but it doesn't get better. I just drink more water, you know, I bring, that's why here I have, I got plenty of water. <laughs> yeah. If I understood correctly, the motivation to um, stop the pain with you and not seeing it in children was the one thing that motivated you to go out to the stage and build the confidence? Absolutely. It, it, it was seeing the pain in my own children's faces. They were scared, they were frightened. And then it just made me recall my own, my own insecurity, my own pain. 
my own missing out. And that really motivated me that if there's going to be any change, it's got to start with me. I, if I can make a, a break of this pattern, that's what I would do. And that's what I did. And, and, and hands for, I, I did this for other children because I can see so many, so many of them like me. And so when the, in the, every time when we had our first session, the kids would put their hand up like this. I said, come on kids, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, and, and keep asking them to do that. And that's how we get the kids. Come on, come on. <laughs> And, and so they, they, because I share with them my story and, 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 and that's how we can have, make a difference for the kids. But they all, I tell, let me tell you, Tom, they, they, they are frightened, they're stressed, they're tired. Some of them, they, they don't come to the program. I suppose their parents are probably scared too, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. So the kids don't want to come, the parents say, yes, it's okay. But, most of the kids would come, but those people that break through are the happiest at the end of the program. They are the happiest. Awesome. And how one more one question as well. Uh, you said that the first time you spoke was really scary and uh, you had loads of stress afterwards. Uh, is it getting any easier by now? doing public speaking. I see you're still having your water on this interview, so okay. I'm just curious. Okay. <laughs> the, the initial thoughts can be scary. The initial thoughts can be scary. But when you're speaking of a subject matter that is passionate, there's no more, there's no room for fear. It's only passions. And it's like whatever that you want to do, this passion that will be coming through. And say that here, we're talking about you. Now it's only passion that's coming through. Or if we're gonna talk about cooking, it will be my love that is coming through. If it's gonna talk about gardening, my, my love for gardening will be coming through. So it is that, that being able to speak, just give you so much more opportunity to express deep inside you. When you don't have that, you spend all that energy being so stuck and being fearful and, and, and always anticipating oh, what they're gonna ask me, what they're gonna, and then they're unnecessarily building their own stress. Yeah, but I think, I think confidence and stress are quite interrelated, uh, Tom. I think they're so interrelated. Yeah. Would you like to explain more about how you see the connection between confidence and stress? Well, if, if, if it's not, if somebody uh, have, the people that are stressed, they're, they're more concerned about their fear. They're more concerned about their fear. So they'll be anticipating how I'm so scared. I'm so worried. What am I going to say? They're always watching how it's going to appear for them. Where else when somebody that is coming 
from a passion. They only want to share all their breakthrough. They want to share what the difference they can make. They want to say, how I can help you, Tom, how I can help the other person. They're no longer about themselves. And when they're no longer about themselves, they, they, there is no more fear or stress anymore. Everything is all put aside. It's like, how could I help you to get this program out? How could I turn this whole conversation to serve you? So that's, that all in itself is very interconnected about uh, being out there, helping other people. I love how you answered that. Uh, and it uh, resonates with me a lot because I see it uh, very often, almost every time. Then when people are stressed, they're basically stuck in their head. They're worrying about themselves. And as soon as you get them to shift the focus and attention to people around them, ask for support, or just being among the other people, or seeing that other people are also as scared as they are, they kind of see the different perspective. And that brings me, me to the next question. Do you mm -hmm. bring the level of play into the training you have with you, the program you have? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, of, of course. Of course. So we, we say, who likes to listen to story? Yeah. Who likes storytelling? So they all love storytelling versus we've got to get up there and do a speech. We're going to get up do a speech. Oh, my God. But if it's a story, they can always say that, mm -hmm. oh, I do not know what to do. Okay, now tell me what did you do this morning? So they start talking about themselves and the things are, see, you can do this. So, so we make it so conversational or we make it as if uh, it's a play thing and, and, and turn it into say, see, you do have this in you. And, and because I'm not a, I'm not a big a joke person, but I'm more of a conversational person. Let's let tell me what did you do? What did you like? And, and we bring it down to that level. And then they forget they have to do. And before you know, I identify all the things that are great at. They say, oh, I didn't think of that. And so that helps to ease that tension for those people. And it's like, oh, okay, I can do it. Yeah. I'm curious, you said that you encourage them to tell stories. What kind of stories? Uh, is it like about themselves or they just make uh, whatever they come? Like, I'm just curious about this uh, part of the exercise. Oh, okay. Some people love to talk about their football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the moment you say they like sport, okay, tell me the football. Which one is the current uh, uh, and the, I don't know, the football team, you know, the worst where's the worst sport's going to be. And they start telling you, then they're telling them all the heroes they're following. And I said, oh my God, they're going to death, sorry, I'm, you know. But you say, wow, wow. So that immediately you can see them opening up with mm. the story. So when they tell the story, I said, hey guy, you only got two minutes, yeah? You don't have half an hour, two minutes. So. Then when they finish the story, we give them feedback on the way they express themselves. Mm. So they, they don't have to work too hard. So we then give them feedback. Then they say, oh, oh, is that what stories, is that what the speech is all about? 
So then they know how to think about the next time they do a second speech. Or we ask them, tell me about your, your family. Do you know anything about yourself? Yeah, do you need notes? No, okay. Start telling us and talk to us about yourself or maybe your dog. And says from there, after they speak, we give them feedback. Mm. So that's, a, that's our first initial state of uh, doing this program. Yeah, I love your answer. It's uh, so beautiful how to um, make these associations between what, what does it mean to have a speech? What does it mean to have a story? And just starting with this really small thing. And uh, there's another question I always love to ask at some point to my guests here is, mm -hmm. what's your take on love your stress? Do you agree with it? What's What's your take on love your stress? Yes. Yeah. What's your take to love your stress? Oh, well, I think probably because of the amount of inner work that I have done for myself, I can understand and appreciate the question. Mm -hmm. What do you love about your stress? But if I had never done any inner work, I will be cursing and swearing and blaming everybody for them causing me all this problem. Having a conversation with you is so stressful. You're causing me all this stress. I will probably blame it on the other person. Yeah. But because, because I've done so much work, by saying to love your stress is being I take responsibility for the stress that I have on myself. I then have the power to change it. I then have the power to say, how do I want to accumulate more? Do I want to have more added on? Or how could I do things differently? Then I could then break the pattern and change that. Until I have ownership of the stress, there's nothing I can do. So it is, I love the statement, love your stress, love your problem, you have ownership, you can solve the problem. It's a very beautiful answer. And is there anything else you would love to share? Because I'm already thinking about wrapping this podcast up. There's two more questions. And one of them is, uh, is there anything you would love to share uh, for the youth, for the stress uh, or anything along the lines, any tips? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity and for, for actually giving the voice for the youth to really understand that it really starting with them having a voice to be able to express themselves. By having a voice, you already have an outlet. You're no longer in your head. You come from your heart, so you have an outlet of expressing. And, and that... And the more they do it, the more confident they build so that as they grow up as an adult, they have that skill. So the, the level of stress that they're going to build is they can learn how to manage that is lesser. And I love your, the second thing is that I love when you ask the question, how do you love your stress? Because when you can love your stress, you can take ownership. And, and it's like, now, if we teach this to the young, younger people, we will have a problem, love your problem. Then you can overcome any of your problems. Mm -hmm. And I, Tom, I just want to say, Tom, 
this has been an awesome segment just having a chat with you you i think anyone have a stress should come and see you should really get to say know what is it so that you could help them to solve a stress because the burden that if you don't work on your stress it will cause your body to have a malfunctions it will cause you hemorrhage it will cause tensions will cause migraine will cause relationship it will cause the way that um, you want to innovate to cause the way that you want to inspire and help other people so i think anybody that has stress should come and see you because you can help them to overcome that tom so thank you so much tom appreciate it thank you so much as well and um, another question for the people who want to reach out to you what's the best way to get in touch with you well, and for what it, what reasons? How so? How would if like if someone wants to have a training or whatever? So, what would be the reasons for re people to reach out to you? And what's the best way? Okay, the very likely people that will probably want to reach us is probably parents who wants to have this program for their children. They will probably be the one that want to reach out. Uh, uh, to us to find out how they could have this program at the children's school. The second one is trainers, people that wants to make, who love working with children, who are empathetic, who wants to train children and making a difference to you. They will be the trainers that wants to do that. There will be people that wants to sponsor this program uh, who saying that I love, I didn't have the when I was older, but maybe I can now make a difference to children. Say so they could be the people that could sponsor. The other one is the school, the school that wants to run this program and do not have it in their school. They will be the four types of different people that wants to do that. So they can reach me on LinkedIn. And I think most of us are posting in LinkedIn. So uh, LinkedIn, they can uh, do that. Or they get in touch with you, Tom, and then you can. Um, you know where to find me that would be the best yeah. one awesome yeah awesome and the very so, final question is uh, do you have any recommendations for the next guest i could invite on a podcast that you believe would uh, give valuable insights about stress in any area of life in in any area of life do you want somebody that is um do you want to reach out to business owners entrepreneurs or do you want coaches what's a anyone that do you comes want to you? First person do you want that, a you uh, so usually the first uh, the best answer is the first one that comes to mind the following intuition so if there's any person coming in your mind that's the person well i was think i was thinking um either my my husband who is in the business owner yeah mm -hmm. they have a great level of stress or maybe my younger son who is in his mid-20s, maybe those mid-20s, how do they cope with stress mm. in life? Yeah. So maybe um, maybe my younger son, uh, Ashley, he's 29 years old. And how does he cope with stress? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, because I think maybe you have a younger audience, maybe there would be a person to uh, connect with. Mm. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Eileen. It was a really yeah. pleasure having you on this podcast. 
and have fun. So thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom, for having me. And, and all the best to your program. I think you're wonderful. You're wonderful host. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Smile and be present. <laughs>